Welcome to the Map Hackers Podcast. Each episode, our panel of international map hackers will dissect a buzzword from the world of GIS. We'll give you concrete definitions, practical applications, and share where we hope the technology can go from here. For full transparency, we are all employed by the same large GIS software company, and any thoughts and opinions voiced here are not to be considered official statements or positions of the company. I'm Matt Woodley, professional GIS analyst and amateur podcast host. So let's introduce the Map Hackers. Rami? And I'm Rami Aluta. I'm a landscape architect passionate about geospatial data management, automation, and analysis workflows. And I also love cooking, barbecuing, and cocktail making. I'm Catherine Smythe. I'm an anthropologist, and I'm passionate about securing land rights and equitable property valuation. I also love cooking. I'm Kate Hess. I work with imagery and remote sensing data and support official statistics and census agencies. And I'm Kira Marsh. I am also a landscape architect by training, and I love using GIS to solve problems. Beautiful. Well, so now that we've met today's panel, let's get into our topic. Today's topic is a big one, major buzzword in the industry, GeoAI. So to get started, we have to ask one simple question. What is GeoAI and what even are its applications? I think Rami has a great answer to this. Yep, so GeoAI is the, uh, the word re reflects the geographical artificial intelligence. And mainly it's a tool that it's a tool within GIS that helps users extract features and work with different feature extraction workflows, different classification workflows It's utilizing the machine intelligence to help them and guide them through their workflows. Uh, and the applications of uh, GAI can vary between object detection, for instance, so building extraction building detection from imagery it can vary between data clustering so we're seeing traffic trends of cars for instance it can vary also between pixel classification so maybe people are interested in classifying land cover in an imagery and land uses and certainly gui can help us in anomaly detection figuring out points that are uh, anomaly in a certain data set that's that's awesome, and I think that you hit two big things for for me there. Um, the object and feature extraction and the anomaly detection are two huge things in my industry and my former industry of intelligence and current industry of land administration. So I think GeoAI is going to be pretty big going forward. But I think uh, it looks like Catherine has a question. Yeah, but before we get to it, I want to hear what Kate has to say about GeoAI. I think Rami gave us like a really good overview of it. Kate, what is your perspective on GeoAI? Is it the same as what Rami said, or do you have a little different perspective? Yeah, I would also just add the reason why we really care about GeoAI is because of the time saving. So with GeoAI, you can so I guess a scenario that I see a lot in my work is when countries are planning their census and they need to know where all of the buildings in the country are. And one way to get this information is pulling it out of imagery. And traditionally, the way to do this would be to go in and draw a box around every single building in the country. But that obviously is going to take 
months and months and a lot of different people working on it. But if you can train a model to do that work for you, you only have to draw uh, in the hundreds of buildings instead of hundreds of thousands of buildings, and then you can just set it to run and clean it up afterwards. So that's, I think, the big important part with GOAI is just that it can save you all of this time and effort and still get you a really uh, effective output that you can then use to bring in to do further analysis and to uh, drive your work. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I've been thinking about GOAI in context of the work that I've been doing, which I think is similar, right? I'm looking at property valuation and I'm using statistical modeling within our software to uh, predict property values to help you know, determine what property characteristics have an impact on value, but also to use all of that information to uh, I look at what the home prices are going to be in the future so that uh, valuers can reach a more equitable valuation. And I guess my question for both of you um, is that, you know, there's this GOAI buzzword, but there's also machine learning and deep learning. So when I'm using, say, like geoprocessing tools to perform that uh, statistical analysis or regression analysis, am I using GeoAI? Am I using machine learning? How do I classify that with all these different words floating around? Actually, Catherine, this is a great question, and we, are, we get it a lot, like nearly on a daily basis. People still are trying to figure out what is the difference between these different Bob's works. We start with AI, for instance. We hear about artificial intelligence everywhere. And AI is the bigger umbrella that have everything in it. AI is mainly making a machine think like a human, take decisions. The simplest way I can think of, it, of AI is, for instance, you're writing an email and you get a prediction. Do you want to write this word or that word after? And that's AI, that's looking into certain set of examples and predicting the word that is next. But then you highlighted on an example of property valuation. And that's another good example, because here we're talking about machine learning. And there's a very fine line between machine learning and deep learning in order to explain what is everything and make it clear. But both are a subset of AI and machine learning is the bigger umbrella. So by machine learning, we're mainly, as you mentioned, talking about statistical modeling where we're trying to fit our data into a certain statistical model linear regression polynomial regression random tree you name it there's tons of functions out there that can help us in prediction and property valuation is one of it so you have a big data set of the prices of certain houses in a certain zip code and you want to see the trend over time if i know the data for the past 20 years so from 2000 till 2020 for instance what are the prices going to look like in 2030? And for that, I use machine learning. But then going deeper into deep learning, which is another subset, and that topic is actually reflecting the idea of neural networks. Deep learning is very similar to the brain structure, where we try to dig into the deeper uh, images, into the deeper sections of data or layers of data to understand what's going on. And to put that into practice, so we try to get big learning data sets that rep represents a large real life example. So for instance, we have buildings over a certain area and these buildings overlap imagery. So we use a neural network model to train it over these buildings and 
that way the model can predict a certain thing, which is buildings. So deep learning is more use case specific rather than as generic as machine learning, if we can say that. Okay, yeah, thank you. That really clears it up for me. I appreciate that, Rami. So Rami, you mentioned a couple of use cases in those descriptions. Where are some other use cases and how exactly can we apply GI, GeoAI? So there's lots of use cases out there. I mean, the, the, the most, uh, let's say, uh, trendy things in GAI at the moment are the automation of map production, extracting buildings, extracting power lines, extracting roads. But then there's a deeper look into that where we where the models are growing to be uh, more knowledgeable of the data and the use cases can extend to work on more detailed classification of buildings, for example. So rather than saying this is only a building, we can maybe predict the use of the building or classify the use of the building. Uh, same with the land cover usage. So we start with a very generic model of this is arable land, this is desert land, but then we can go into the exact use of the land and figure out if it's uh, alfalfa plantation or corn plantation or palm trees plantation. So it's as much specific as I want. And as the data is increasing day by day, this data can be utilized to produce more knowledgeable models or smarter models to help us with our workflows. I think they hit on a, on a great point. It's, it's one thing to know what is there, but it's another thing to know how that's being used. So just knowing that a building is there is only half of the picture. And as the models get more trained and smarter, we can then start to determine the actual uses of these of these facilities or or of the ground. So that's a great point, Robbie. Okay, so say I want to do all this stuff. How? How do I do it? How do I get started? What do I need? Do I just need like a regular laptop to do this? Or, you know, do I need a ton of servers? What what do you recommend? This is a great question. So applying deep learning or GAI in general can start from your own machine and can grow to a, the cloud to have tons of servers doing the same job. Uh, I guess it all depends on the use case. You can start the work with your own machine, with your own desktop, trying to work with small scale prediction models or classification models and trying to create pilots as we call them. But as you go to production, you might want to take these into a SaaS form of product where you'd use a cloud with services that are provided on the cloud, or you want to build your own service on premise or on the cloud, configure your own machines to do GAI for you. And maybe in the future, you might keep an eye for platform as a service where you're just going to use a service out to implement or deploy your GAI workflows. Okay, cool. That's good to know. Um, so I know you and Kate have both collaborated on several GOAI blogs. Aside from those blogs, um, Kate, you know, what else is out there uh, in terms of reference material if people want to use our big software to do this? Yeah, so there's a lot of content to help you get started with uh, doing deep learning and uh, using GeoAI. One of the biggest things that we have for doing deep learning in ArcGIS are the pre-trained models. 
So one of the things that can be intimidating about getting started with this is that you're going to have to have all of this data and create all these training samples. But with the pre-trained models, you can just input your imagery, pick whichever model you want to focus on, and there are over 30 at this time. So you could pull out buildings, you could pull out roads, you can do uh, land cover classification, and then you just run the model and can get an output without having to uh, do any tweaking of the model itself. So there's really great documentation available for how to use those out-of-the-box models through just the normal ArcGIS documentation. Uh, there's also learn lessons that can help you get started with those. So they'll go through step by step and include example imagery for you to use. So you don't even have to bring your own imagery to try this workflow out. And then once you start getting a little bit more advanced, uh, one of our most recent blog posts talks about how you can add your own training data to supplement the out of the box models. And then the third step would be training your own model all the way from scratch, which is also uh, possible with the ArcGIS tools. Amazing. So it sounds like not only do we have the software to make this possible, but we have the documentation uh, and the the models to make it much more useful and available to regular, as Jack says, mortal mortal humans. Uh, I also happen to have Kate and Rami's phone number, so that works a little bit easier for me. I just call them. Um, but you know, maybe you can look them up on the. Uh, on the email, shoot him an email too. So we're getting near to the end of our time today, but I want to cover one last big topic. Uh, and you may, this is this is Kate's uh, claim to fame here, digital twin. So Kate, do you want to give us a little preview of what we can expect with with digital twins coming up? Sure. So I think. The way digital twins fit in with GeoAI is really as GeoAI and deep learning is getting more accessible with things like these pre-trained models, just more people are going to be able to create them. And it's getting a lot easier to uh, make a digital twin. So to back up, what a digital twin is, is when you're creating a digital uh, replica of, it could be uh, like a campus, just a replica of where are all the buildings, what are the processes happening inside those buildings, or up to a larger scale, you could have a digital twin for an entire country where you're looking at all of the buildings, all of the roads, uh, all the things that are in the country, how they're interacting. And the real value of digital twins is that once you have all this information, which you can extract from imagery or from LiDAR data using GeoAI, you can then run different scenarios so you can see how urban planning decisions will impact um, an urban area. So you could see if we put in a new building here, how is it going to impact the sight lines of other buildings? Or you could model natural disasters. So you could see if we have a major flooding event, which buildings are going to be impacted by how many feet of storm surge. So the GOAI kind of gives you the basis to start doing this more complex planning and analysis once you have um, those initial elements that make up your city or your country or your college campus, you can start to do a lot more with that data. And GOAI kind of gives you the intro point to that, making it a lot more accessible to start doing that kind of more complex analysis. I like it. It's interesting. I'm, I'm pretty excited for, for the next episode. So uh, as we have time to close today, any are there any final final thoughts that you'd like to like to offer 
Kate, Rami, Catherine, Kira, anybody can go. Uh, I guess I'd like to close with another form of what's next in uh, GAI, and I'd like to talk about how GAI is ha helping a lot of different national mapping agencies across the world and their workflows. And okay, we're not at a place where a deep learning model is going to produce fully automated production building footprints, for instance, and you just log them into your machine. But as Kate mentioned earlier on, it's going to save you a lot of time in producing these buildings and the human intervention is going to be down to minimal. And then on the other hand, an actual use case that we are there at the moment is using these different deep learning tools in order to classify change detection in your city. There's a lot of new buildings, new structures that pop up around different cities across our planet and updating this data is a hassle. So sometimes we're not interested in the exact shape of the building, but we're really interested in knowing that there's a building there of an area of approximately 500 square meters. And we wanna be able to know where is that building in order to estimate how many people are living there. And deep learning or GAI in general will help us get there much faster. Thank you for that great wrap up, Rami. I want to thank all of our panelists today for their insight and sharing their experiences. Be sure to tune in next time when we discuss digital twins. You can find Map Hackers where you get your podcast. Stay mappy.